Hey, what about that game last night, huh? That was crazy. It's crazy. Uh, we had a packed out 10 o'clock crowd, and I think it was all Louisville fans because they had to go like save their seat at a restaurant for the 2 o'clock game. And I feel like this is a Wildcat-heavy service in here, I think. I'm pretty sure about that. And uh, I've never lived in a state. I've never lived in a place like as crazy as this place. About I've been here 10 years. You'd think I would know by now. But like we almost shut down the state last night. I'm, it was pretty nuts. So thanks for being here. Uh, I, I put on Facebook last night that I was, I was actually praying for a Wildcat uh, victory because, like, half the church wouldn't have come this morning if the Cats would have lost. It would have been pretty depressing. So uh, uh, I'm really, 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 really excited uh, to, to be finishing up this series. I hope you've enjoyed this series, The God I Never Knew. Um, it's been about the Holy Spirit, and this is the first time really in seven years that I've been teaching where we've taken concentrated time to talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, what it is, who He is, not what it is, but who the Holy Spirit is, and and how it is a gift to our life. And so I hope that you've enjoyed this and it's, it's helped you. And what we've done the first two weeks is we've kind of figured out who the Holy Spirit is. And that was the first week. And, and we just kind of said, hey, the Holy Spirit is a, is a person. It's not a thing. It's not a ghost. It's not a goosebump. It's not an energy drink. You know, it's not like there was a the Holy Spirit, you know, or whatever. It, it's, a, it's a person. It's God, the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit wants a relationship with us. So what we said the first week, we ended by just praying this prayer, um, God, I want the Holy Spirit to have more, play more of a role in my life. I want to be more aware of the Holy Spirit. I want to have more of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, that was the first week. And then last week, we just talked about the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, that if, if I have to choose between natural and supernatural, I choose supernatural. If I have to choose between normal and incredibly powerful, I choose incredibly powerful, right? And, uh, and so we just ended last week by, by talking or by saying, praying this prayer, God, I want to experience the Holy Spirit's power in my life. I want to experience the Holy Spirit's power in my life. And so through those first two weeks, there's never really been a time where we've read a verse or we've uh, talked about anything that was strange or uh, weird or spooky, anything that was like, I don't want anything to do with that. And the reason I bring that up is because for a lot of us, we have these ideas of the Holy Spirit for whatever reason, wherever we got them. And so maybe we have said, okay, I'm fine with Jesus, but I don't really want anything to do with the Holy Spirit because that's all the crazy, weird stuff over there, but I'll take Jesus. But Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but don't be sad because when I go, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit in John 14, and it's better that you have the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, I want you to have the Holy Spirit. And when you receive Christ, you have that. But what we've been saying is we want to have a spirit-filled life. That I have the Holy Spirit because I've got Jesus, i got God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, i got the Trinity. But I don't want to just have the Holy Spirit. I want to live a spirit-filled life. And so what we're going to do this last week is we're going to dive into the, the I mean, we could have gone 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 12 months. There's a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. But what we're going to do this last week is, is dive into a little bit of the the part of the Holy Spirit that is really hard to understand. I'm not even going to be able to explain everything today, but it's, it's the parts of the Holy Spirit that, um, that maybe intrigue us the most, but also leave us questioning the most. That's what we're going to do today. Before we get to 1 Corinthians 12, that's, that's where we're going to spend a bulk of our time, 1 Corinthians 12. I want to read you a passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 14. 
Acts 14, verse 3. I want to read this to you. Here's what it says. It says, but the apostles stayed there a long time preaching boldly about the grace of our Lord. Everybody say grace. Grace. Preaching boldly about the grace of our Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. I love Acts 14, 3. And here's why I love it. I'm reading it to you today. It's because it says that this church, these leaders in this church, boldly preached grace. I love that. I love that picture. I love that imagery of a church that boldly preaches grace. And you may know this, you may have experienced this, but that's what we're all about at River City. We're going to boldly preach grace. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, where you come from, we're all broken. We're all messed up. If you don't think you're broken or messed up, that's your issue. Like we've all got our issues. Okay. And, and so listen, Jesus died because without Jesus, none of us could know God. It's grace, it's grace, it's grace. We're broken, we're gonna fail, we're gonna fall. Jesus picks us back up. It's grace, it's grace, amen. It's grace. We're going to preach grace. We're gonna be a grace church. We're not gonna be a church. I'm working on a series right now called Grace First, and it's gonna be some good stuff. I don't know when I'm gonna preach it, but I've just been taking some good notes. And, and, and we're not gonna be like the, the people with the adulterous woman who, you know, Here's, a, here's a, a naked woman who's been caught in sin, and the first thing they think to do instead of covering her up is to grab stones and kill her, okay? That's not the kind of church we're going to be, all right? We're going to be a grace church. That's what we're about, and I love that in Acts 14.3. But the second part of Acts 14.3 says, and, so they preach grace, and the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. I love 14.3 because it's not either or, it's both and, So you've got this church that is a grace church. We're going to preach grace. We're going to be about grace. We're going to be about people who don't know Jesus and welcome them and love them and accept them. And and, and we're going to be about grace. And we want the Lord to do miraculous, powerful signs and wonders and miracles. We want both ends. And what happens a lot of times, and I've spent a lot of my life in the wrong side of the equation, where you think you've got to be either or. You've either got to be a grace church or a signs and wonders, miraculous power church. Can't be both. You're either a grace church and, whoa, the weirdo's over there, or you're a signs and wonders church and you wonder why the grace church isn't more powerful. And you go back and forth and you have these battles and arguments and whatever, whatever, okay? Don't want to be either or. I want to be both and. I want to be a church that boldly preaches grace and experiences the power of a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're trying to do, and that's one of the reasons that we're in this series. Now, when you came in today uh, in your worship guide, you should have got one of these sheets of paper. Go ahead and pull that out. We'll fill in the blank stuff uh, there for you. We're going to work through that. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12 talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, what we're going to do is read 1 Corinthians 12, 6 through 11, and then I'm going to read one from 1 Corinthians 14. And then just talk through a few of these points that we've got here on our sheet of paper, okay? First Corinthians, excuse me, First Corinthians 12, 6 through 11. Here's what it says. It says, God works in different ways. That's a great way to start the scripture. God works in different ways. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. 
He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who dis- uh, distributes all these gifts. He alone, talking about the Holy Spirit, decides which gift each person should have. I'm going to read you one more verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Here's what it says. It says, let love be your highest goal. Great verse. But, so let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. That's pretty nuts right there. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that the Holy Spirit gives you special abilities. Why don't you just think about that for a second? Like every kid wanted to be a superhero of some kind growing up or something, right? And we kind of let that go, and we're not talking about magic powers here. But I want you to just, like, this is not Jason. I'm not saying, like, let me, let me, let me, I'm not, Jason's not saying I want to give you some kind of power ability. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the person, the relationship we have with the person of the Holy Spirit wants to give us, those of us who are spirit-filled, those of us who want to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, 1 Corinthians 14 says that if we want that, that the Holy Spirit can give us and will give us special abilities, and it says we should want it. That's what 1 Corinthians 14 said. 1 Corinthians 14 says the Holy Spirit wants to give you special abilities, and you should want that. You should want that. So as we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, there should be something inside of us because we want everything that God has for us. There should be something inside of us that says, I want that. I don't understand it all, and we'll get to that in a second. But if, if Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was a help to me in ways that I needed help, and 1 Corinthians 14 says that it'll give me uh, abilities beyond my ability, uh, I want that. I want that. And so what we're going to do is work through these four statements I want to give you about the gifts of the Spirit. Some of it's going to help us understand it more. Some of it's going to maybe stretch our thinking a little bit. Number one, God wants to do things bigger than I understand. God wants to do things bigger than I understand. Look at what 1 Corinthians 12 verse 6 says. God works in different ways. If we don't learn anything else today, maybe it would be pretty incredible for us, and we probably could have saved a lot of uh, worship wars, holy wars. Uh, We could have saved a lot of bloodshed over the years because we're always so quick to try to figure out who's right and who's going to win. If we could just learn today, by the time we leave here, that God works in different ways. Works in different ways. He works in churches like ours in ways like we do it. He works in black gospel churches that go to church three and four hours. He works like that too. He works through preachers who scream and yell, and he works through preachers who talk real quietly. He works through people who wear suits and ties. He works through people who wear jeans and, and whatever. He, he, he works through people who, who uh, are, are missionaries in other countries, and he works through people who never have gotten on an airplane. He works sometimes through speaking to us through books that we read. Sometimes he, like, he works in different ways. I'm 31 years old, and I spent the first 29 years of my life trying to convince everybody that the way God worked through me was the way he was supposed to work through everybody else. And now I've kind of learned that, like, I can step back and go, I don't get it. 
And I'm not even crazy about it, but I don't, I don't mean it's not God. And I, I spent a year and a half when I was 18 doing an internship at a church much different style than ours and much bigger, and I saw some crazy stuff, y'all. I mean, I'm, I just saw some crazy stuff. And I'm glad that through God's kind of providence, he, he took me kind of a detour through there because I think it was good for me. But I remember watching just some crazy stuff that I didn't understand, God working in some ways that I didn't understand. And I remember the pastor saying to me one time when I was asking some questions, he said, Jason, those are great questions, but here's what I want you to remember. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not God. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not God. And so, you know, we listed lots of things here in 1 Corinthians 6. Matter of fact, there were nine specific uh, gifts of the Spirit that were mentioned. Let me just give them to you real quick. Uh, wise counsel, special knowledge, great faith, healing, power to perform miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. We listed a lot of things there. And I got to be honest, out of nine of those, I maybe kind of understand and feel comfortable with about three of them. Maybe. But that doesn't mean that the other six aren't ways that God chooses to do things bigger than I understand. Everybody with me? So let's be careful, and I'm talking to myself here, I'm preaching to to me here, let's be careful that when God begins to do something bigger than I understand, maybe in my life or in the life of someone else, let's be careful that we don't write it off and say, oh, well, that's not God. God doesn't do that. God doesn't work like that. Listen, you don't know how God works. God is so much bigger than you. And you guys have heard me say this all the time, but I did it again yesterday. And every time I do it, I, I, I remember. You know, I, but, I got six buttons on my shirt, and I buttoned one wrong. I got down to the bottom and realized. And every time that happens, you've heard me say it several, several times. Every time that happens, it's like God just kind of reminds me, like, you can't even button your shirt right. Why don't you leave the big stuff to me? Okay? You got six buttons on your shirt, all right? I'll handle the world, Okay? So who am I to step back and go like, that's not God, that's not God, that's not God. Look, it may not be God, but it's going to be okay. Are we worried that somehow somebody doing something that's not God is going to break the whole thing down? When Peter cut that guy's ear off, that wasn't what he was supposed to do either, but Jesus is like, all right, and just put the ear right back on. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. All right? Sometimes we do stuff that's not God because we're human. That's okay. He says, God works in different ways. I, 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 I got to tell you, I think it would be kind of cool for you to just say to God sometimes and pray to God, God, I want you to work in some different ways in my life. Kind of outside of what I know, outside of my comfort zone, I want you to work in some different ways. I think that would be a cool prayer. But look what it says. It says, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. We're serving the same God. We're praying to the same God. But God is going to do some things bigger than we understand. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad I serve a God who has the ability to do things bigger than I understand. Because i got to be honest with you, if we worshiped a God that was confined by the things that I'm able to understand... That's not a very exciting God to worship, because I don't really understand a lot. I don't really understand a lot, all right? So that's a good thing. Number one, God wants to do things bigger than I understand. Number two, 
Spiritual gifts are for us to help each other. Gifts of the Spirit are for us to help each other. Look at what it says in verse 7. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Now, Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians because the church of Corinth at the time was having major division because people were trying to like figure out who was more important and who had the title and like they were they were really fighting over position and title and status and stature. And so Paul is writing all of these things. There's lots of different chapters about lots of different topics about the church really kind of giving church structure, church organization. But specifically in chapter 12, he's writing to them about the gifts of the Spirit because remember in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit has just come into the world. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. And people are experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit for the first time ever and, 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 the, and the gifts of the Spirit for the first time ever. And here's what was happening. is uh, Based on the nine that we read here, Somebody would say, somebody would say, well, I, I, you know, I've got the gift of uh, the ability to perform miracles. And somebody, somebody else would say, well, I, I've got the gift of wise counsel. And somebody like, oh, you've only got wise counsel. I've got miracle performing. I must be more important than you, right? And Paul's like, no, 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 no. The gifts of the Spirit are not for us. Like, it, God doesn't give you spiritual gifts so that you can be like, look at all the gifts I have. Look at, how, look at how incredible I am. Look, look at how talented I am. It's not even about talent. It's about the gifts that the Spirit gives us. But it's not for us. It's for us to help each other. So in other words, here's what Paul's saying. Paul is saying that there are going to be times in our life and times in our church and times in the body of Christ when the Holy Spirit is going to want to and need to help someone and he's going to enable someone else with a gift of the Spirit in order to do that, okay? So, so maybe that there's someone in the body, in the church, who needs a healing. And it's not that they come to me, or they come to Lou, or they come to whoever who's praying, and, and, and they go, oh, well, Lou's got to pray for me because she's got the gift of healing, the person doesn't even necessarily know that they've got the gift, and I don't want to get all into the craziness of that, but like, it's just that in that moment, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, a person is used, and that person that they are praying for is healed. It would make no sense for the person who prayed for them to be like, that, that's my gift. I've got that one right there. All right, that's my gift. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to market that. That makes no sense. Sometimes people will do that, but that's not the purpose the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, is that in the body, somebody needs a healing, and the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to enable this person to have this gift to help this person. Does that make sense to everybody? So, you know, we gave the non to you, but maybe it's wise counsel. We'll talk about that in a second, but maybe it's special knowledge. Maybe, maybe God wants to give you a wisdom and an understanding about something way beyond your ability to know so that you can help someone who is needing to know that God understands where they are. Like, I'm kind of making up a hypothetical situation, but, but let's say somebody is going through a divorce and they haven't told anybody. And God gives you, for the purposes of helping that person, not for you to beat your chest, but gives you, like, you're worshiping or you're talking to somebody on the phone or you're at work, and you just feel like that the special ability that the Holy Spirit can give you, 
you feel like that, that you say, well, something's going on. Maybe, maybe even you feel like you, the Holy Spirit tells you that they're going through a divorce. And so in that moment, and I'm describing a, a hypothetical here, but in that moment, you, you go to them and say, listen, this is going to sound so crazy, and I don't, even, I don't even know. Like, okay, let me just say this. I just feel like maybe, are you going through a divorce? Can I pray with you? And how you help that person was that they know that God knows where they are and they know that they're not alone. Do you see how that helped them right there? That the gift that the Holy Spirit gave you may have helped that person. We have talked about healing, power to perform miracles, prophecy. Prophecy is just God uh, letting you know something that you need to know in order for you to do something that you need to do. So somebody may come up to you and, and it's not that they are a prophet, it's not Prophet Jason's, that's, it's just a gift of the Holy Spirit in that moment saying to you, like, hey, listen, can't be totally sure, but I just feel like that God wants me to tell you that you need to be ready, you know, in the next few maybe weeks or months. I don't know. You just need to be ready for something's going to happen at work, and, and it's going to scare you, but don't worry because God just wanted me to tell you that he's going to take care of you and you're going to be Okay. And you know nothing about what's going to happen, but in three, six, eight weeks, all of a sudden you start finding out something's going on at work, and then you feel strength and peace because someone was able to prophesy to you. Don't let that word freak you out. It's just God letting you know something you need to know so that you can do what he needs you to do or have what he needs you to have. Does that make sense to everybody? And I know it's a little bit beyond what we're able to understand but 1 Corinthians 14 says, but you should want this because if you have this, you can help other, you can help other people. So God will do things bigger than I understand. Number two, spiritual gifts are for us to help each other. Number three, spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit are not natural abilities. They're not natural abilities. And this is huge because, like, for example, wise counsel. It's like, oh, well, I've got a college degree, and I give really good advice, and people come to me because I'm a smart guy. That's not the gift of the Spirit of wise counsel. Gifts of the Spirit are, are, uh, are gifts in that moment that the Holy Spirit gives us beyond our natural ability. So you're speaking, maybe in the instance of wise counsel, you're speaking beyond yourself right to the wisdom and the advice that someone needs to hear in that moment, not because you read a textbook about how to counsel somebody. Like God may use some of that intelligence as well, but there's going to be the gift of the Spirit in there, in there helping you. Verse 11 says, it's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides uh, which gift each person should have. So this is coming from God. It's not on our own. It's, it's, it's from the Holy Spirit. It's not natural abilities. And if we work through each of the nine gifts that, 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 that 1 Corinthians 12 gives us, that could be kind of hard to do in situations. But let me give you an example that everybody in the room would understand. Let's say, like we do so often around here, we load up and take a missions trip to Guatemala. And while down there, they asked me to preach to a group of people who don't speak English. And I'm down there, and I go to speak, and I've got a translator. But as I get up to speak, all of a sudden, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, I begin to speak fluent Spanish, and I don't know a lick of Spanish. Why don't you think about this for a second? I get up and speak and preach a 30-minute sermon in Spanish, not knowing any Spanish. If I told you that, or you were there and you would witness that, would anybody in the room or who's standing there going like, man, Jason's so talented? <laughs> no. 
everybody would know that wasn't Jason. Jason can't do that. He doesn't have the ability to do that. He doesn't even know Spanish, right? The Holy Spirit enabled you to do that. So take that example and apply it to every other area. I don't have the ability to heal someone. I don't have the ability to discern what's going on. I don't have the ability to have a word of knowledge. I don't have the ability to prophesy. It's not me. It's that the Holy Spirit in those moments enables you or enables me for the purposes of helping somebody else who needs it in the body. That, 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 that God brings the body together, the church together, the people together, and when they give permission to the Holy Spirit to fill their life, then the Holy Spirit begins to use them in ways beyond their ability to help the people that are, uh, are around them. And so as we're talking about this, you, you maybe look at some of these and you're like, man, I don't want that one. I don't, ooh, I don't know about that one. I don't know. Like, you, like you're kind of like going like, at the buffet, like, oh, I'll take a little bit of word of knowledge. Like, that's not the way that it works, right? But, but the Holy Spirit knows what you need, when you need it, for whom you need it for, and he will enable you, if you'll give him permission to, you don't have to, but if you'll give him permission to, he will enable you to do, to do that. Okay? So spiritual gifts are not natural abilities. And then let me give you the last one. And we've been talking about this a lot, but number four, I should want to have and use spiritual gifts in my life. I should want to have and use spiritual gifts in my life. The gifts of the Spirit in my life. We read that in 1 Corinthians 14. But I really just wanted to put this in there because I want to come back again and reaffirm what Jesus said to us in John 14 and what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. We should want it. It it, it shouldn't make us afraid. It shouldn't make us uh, uh, scared of, of things that are out of our control or understanding. The Bible says... You should want it. It's a gift to you. It's a help to you. Embrace it. Ask God to give it to you, to fill your life with the Holy Spirit. And so I know because I'm telling you, I mean, some of you know my story. Most of you do not. I'm telling you, if you knew my story, if you know, if I had time to tell it to you, I decided a long time ago that I was just going to leave everything having to do with the Holy Spirit over on that side And Jesus was enough, and I'm going to stay right here. And I could have stayed there because Jesus is enough. But I kept reading, and as I was reading through the Bible, and as I'm praying, and as I'm fasting, I keep coming to these passages of Scripture where it's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit in your life is incredible. Yeah, the gifts of the Spirit is something you should want. Yeah, embrace the Holy Spirit. Have a Spirit-filled life. Life And I could not ignore what the Bible was saying. And I had all of these cynicism and all of these issues and baggage in my life that I'm so glad so many of you don't have. And I had these issues and I had to decide, do I really want the power of a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit in my life? And I made the decision, yes, I want that. I want that. I want to be led by the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, guided by Him, used by Him, gifted by Him. I want that in my life. And according to 1 Corinthians 14, you should want it too. Now, here's what's going to happen, because God works in all different ways. Maybe you're here today, and this is your first time in church, and 
Maybe you're here today and your first time and somebody invited you and like they're mad at me right now because I'm talking about things like the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They'll explain it to you in lunch. Don't worry about it. Come back another time, trust me. But if you're a zero on the scale of familiarity with the Holy Spirit, God will speak to you in ways that will help you move to a one. And I'm making up a number scale. There's no real number scale. You understand that. But I'm saying like God, God's going God to, if you're a five, God will work and move and speak to you in ways and teach you in ways that will help you take a step towards the six. Like, like God's going to move you at your pace. Even the, even the disciples walked around with Jesus for three years before they ever got introduced to the Holy Spirit, Right? But what excites me and what I've been praying for and what I hope for is that as we are a both and church, what excites me is the idea of the Spirit filling and working through and leading your life Monday through Friday, Saturday, much more than on Sunday. Like, I I love the fact of the body coming together and the Spirit being with us and God's presence being with us because there's freedom there and there's hope there and, and we love that. I got, I got to tell you what excites me a lot more is the idea of you being at your job or talking to your neighbors or at your soccer game or little league game for your kids and the Holy Spirit moving and working through your life to minister and help the people around you. That excites me. And I don't want to freak anybody out, but can you imagine being at work and, and, and at a cubicle or across a desk and and somebody says to you, like, yeah, we got really bad news. I found out I've got cancer. Or I found out, you know, this is going on in my life. And you just said, hey, listen, I don't want to freak you out or anything, but could I pray with you? Can I pray with you about that? Well, yeah, you can pray with me. And no craziness, no spookiness, no, oh, my gosh, you know, the security's got to escort us out. All right, nothing like that. Just like, hey, God, I just pray right now. And as you begin to pray, because you've asked the Holy Spirit to fill your life and you want to be a spirit-filled believer, can you imagine the incredible moment when you pray for them and they go back to the doctor and the cancer's gone and they're healed? And they'll come back to you crying. And, and in that moment, you're not going to be like, well, yeah, you know, I've just I got a lot of ability. No. No, in that moment, you're, gonna, you're probably going to start crying or freaking out and going, oh my goodness, God is good. Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is incredible. You're going to like look at your hands and be like, what, what's in these hands? Like, you know, you're not, you're not going to, it's not you, it's not you. But you're going to experience the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working in your life in ways you've never understood before. And your relationship with God is going to go to a whole nother place. Why? Because now you are moving and, and, and living spirit-filled, a spirit-filled life. You've embraced it. You've asked God for that relationship. You've welcomed it in and you've asked him to overtake your life. And when you do that, he will give you the gifts that he wants you to have in the times that he wants you to have them to help the people around you he wants you to help. So we're going to end today by praying this prayer. We've prayed a prayer at the end of every sermon and, and kind of just, you know, the first week it was, God, I want the Holy Spirit to have more of a role in my life. And the second week it was, God, I want to experience the Holy Spirit's power in my life. And this one's a little bit longer. We kind of put a couple things together here, but I'm going to read it to us. And then I would like for us to pray it together. And I'd love for you to pray this Uh, you know, throughout the week in your own life. But here's the prayer today. God, I want everything you have for me. 
even the parts I don't understand. Fill me with your spirit. Let me experience your power and give me the gifts you want me to have. God, I want everything you have for me, even the parts I don't understand. Fill me with your spirit. Let me experience your power and give me the gifts you want me to have. Maybe you want to snap a phone, a picture of the screen or write that down, but can we, can we just say that together? Let's say that together. God, I want everything you have for me, even the parts I don't understand. Fill me with your spirit. Let me experience your power and give me the gifts you want me to have. Come on, let's, let's pray it one more time. God, I want everything you have for me, even the parts I don't understand. Fill me with your spirit. Let me experience your power and give me the gifts you want me to have. I can't imagine what would happen in your life, my life, this church, our community, if the 300 or so of us who call this place home begin to live spirit-filled, power-enabled, gifted lives. It would really change everything. Let's pray.